Tim Ashoff from all of us here at Radio Nemo. Happy New Year to you, your family, and everybody at Crete Schaefer Hunt. Great to have you uh, ring in the new year with us on this first week. Well, thank you very much. I'm very, very happy to be here, and Happy New Year to all of you and to all of your listeners out there as well, and I wish everyone a, a prosperous 2021. Indeed, indeed. Well, we have the new year, but um, uh, some of the problems have uh, followed us through. We, we may have a better chance at uh, defeating those things before uh, the end of this year, but before we do focus on 2021, I guess we got to go ahead and take one more look at the, at the year that just wrapped up. Is there a characterization even possible uh, for the trucking industry in 2020, Tim? Well, I, I guess they say, you know, as they say, you know, 2020 is a year to remember. Um, I guess my hope is for the trucking industry, it's remembered as a year that, you know, we really stepped up and showed who we truly are and really did support the nation. You know, if you if you think back to you know, almost a year ago now, February, March, when things started to shut down, um, you know, we didn't. We started to adapt and figure out how do we operate, how do we continue to supply America and prepare for what we didn't really know what was to come. But I have to just say on, on behalf of all Americans, I want to thank all of the people in the trucking industry, your listeners, for really um, you know, making 2021 um, a place where we could survive as a country thanks to what all of the drivers did out there each and every day on the front lines, uh, continuing to move freight, continue to supply grocery stores, supply uh, public utilities to ensure everyone could have uh, you know water and electricity and things that people had taken for granted for so many years, including what drivers do day in and day out. So hopefully 2021 or 2020 is one of those years that people remember. Um, you know, we'll always remember the COVID, but hopefully they remember the positive things that came out of that. And certainly one of the biggest things for me is how I saw drivers step up day in, day out, and continue to move America. You know, it's interesting to put things in historic perspective. Uh, we did not use the term disruptive back in the mid-'70s. It just wasn't used. Uh, we use disruption now in both a uh, positive and negative way. Uh, but we did have disruption in the mid-'70s when Charlie Douglas uh, started the whole truck and radio thing in the spring of 1971, yeah, it, it, trucking was trucking the way it was since the mid-30s, you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden uh, we had the uh, the oil crisis, the Arab oil embargo, as it was called. And, well, that's what it was at the time, the, the uh, genesis of the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. And on and on and on, those turbulent 1970s uh, era, of, we had a lot of disruption within the industry, but the industry came through. But it was it was uh, it was scarred. The industry was scarred in in the in the uh, in the view of the public. It really was at that time, and it took a long time for that to kind of uh, fluff uh, slough away, you know, almost like uh, scales on a snake or something. You know, just kind of waiting for them to shed. This time, though, trucking. Um, uh, there were some some minor attempts at disruption uh, in terms of the uh, the operations, the day-to-day -day operations out there on the highway, but those did not take hold in any great shape or form whatsoever. Uh, the industry as a whole stuck together. The people in it, which is nothing, that's the industry. Uh, the industry has nothing to do with the trucks. Those are just the tools of the industry. But uh, the the industry really shone through. And, boy, when those three tractor trailers were pulling out of that uh, 
that uh, pharmaceutical lab up there uh, moving down to uh, the um, airport in Louisville. That was really something to see, and that kind of encapsulated what trucking, what, what the culmination of everything that trucking did from the toilet paper to the vaccine, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, I, you mentioned it took it in the '70s a long time for for people to forget what was perceived as the negative of the time. Well, I sure hope it takes a long time for people to forget the positive, because uh, there are a lot of positives uh, that the trucking industry and and it comes down, as you mentioned, to the people, to the drivers, to the people. Often forget that the diesel technicians out there too. They are on the front line every day. They they can't work from home either, as as many other industries can, and then certainly. Um, the operations folks, the support folks all across the industry, you, I mean, keeping uh, the industry connected and communicating during this time. So it is all about the people, and, and we have a great way of coming together in, in a time of need and, and stepping up for the country. Indeed, indeed. Well, let's kind of stay with corona because and, and move to the corona vaccines now, which, uh, which is a real important shift, I think, in our, uh, in our approach to the whole uh, thing now. Uh, we start the new year with the corona vaccines being distributed throughout the country. Um, Tim, what kind of impact will this have on the trucking industry itself as more people are vaccinated? And I don't I, and I don't guess that question really entails just people in trucking being vaccinated, but the general public because a rising tide raises all trucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I absolutely think it'll be a positive um, if we can uh, execute and get the vaccine out there the way they are and, and get it administered because of two things. One, you know, for those drivers who um, are wanting to get the vaccine and have that extra level of, of potential safety, uh, they'll be on the list. Uh, I know we've been working with uh, our National Guard and trucking associations to um, provide uh, numbers and access to drivers and those things here in the very near future on, on making the vaccines available to drivers. Um, because, again, you're out there on the front line. Also, with our, our, our technicians and our shops are on that priority list. So um, provide a level of comfort and, and health and security to the, to the workforce out there is very important. But I think, as you were alluding to, just as important, if not more important, is as the vaccine gets spread across the general population, what does that do to really demand for the trucking industry? Will it open the economy back up fully? And if so, what does that do um, for freight? And and I think the, the only impact it can have is a positive one, as as we saw some areas of our country shut down that did impact freight. Um, you know, overall, uh, freight has been strong the second half of the year, in particular of 2020, and it remains strong right now. But I think it can only get stronger if we can get the economy fully opened back up. And you know, the extent the vaccine helps that, um, that's great. Yeah, because we don't know. We, we've we, we've we've never been here before. We can say, well, wait a minute. We've been here before. Uh, we've had the the COVID uh, Spanish flu, which is an unfortunate uh, name, but uh, the Spanish flu epidemic of um, three years uh, during World War One. Uh, we bounced back from that, but we had a war going on at the same time. Everything moved slower. We were self-sustaining in terms of manufacturing. So things were completely different back then than they are now. So we don't know how the uh, economy is going to bounce back. People are going to want it to bounce back like a Super Bowl, 
and it may wind up uh, bouncing back like a a well-bounced bowling ball. It'll bounce, but eh, not as high as we really would like it to bounce. Um, so, uh, Tim, you know, uh, the industry itself has to really be prepared for, you know, of uh, Oklahoma Sooner type uh, race uh, across the plains, or just like watching paint dry and. Uh, Problem is that paint's drying on the brand new trucks we just bought. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you know, the, 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 we still are really we we have probably just uh, replaced one set of problems with another set. But does this next set of problems have more hope at the end of the line? I think is the question. I don't know. You know, I, I think it does. And, you know, I think that in combination, quite honestly, with the vaccine, I think what we are seeing is um, a, a level of, uh, I'll call it new normalcy in this COVID environment that has uh, provided some underpinning. You know, we remain very busy. We see our customers being very busy. There is some uh, inventory replenishment going on that we see going at least through the first half of 2021. Uh, so what my hope is is that you know the the, the sort of pent up demand and inventory replenishment going on right now, in combination with the vaccine being administered over the next six months, that um, you know as inventory demand may get caught up by July. Hopefully, then the vaccine uh, will have been you know administered across the country, and we would get the large part of COVID behind us. That's my hope. Uh, we'll see what happens. And then we can have a good second half of 2021, too. But, you know, I always like to be the optimist, uh, find ways to, you know, to get through the challenges and, and come out with a positive outcome. And so uh, that's what I'm uh, I'm going to work for, work towards for uh, for Crete and Schaefer and for our drivers and hopefully the, uh, the rest of the country will as well. We still have so many questions to be answered. And those uh, trucks are waiting to haul the commodities that are going to be ordered in response to what happens next. Absolutely. You know, we're going to be here as we talk to, for whatever may come. You know, life's about uh, risk and reward and decision making. And, and for a lot of people, that's going to be true. Um, you know, with the vaccine, I I just hope that um, you know we're we're able to get true and accurate um, factual information uh, about the vaccine and about what's going on. I think that's been my disappointment through the time of this this COVID. It's uh, just with the, the world we live in today in this digital world, and, and I don't know if you can call news news in some ways anymore, um, it's really hard to determine what is fact and what is fiction, and I think that makes it really hard for people to make informed decisions. So I hope we're able to get true and accurate information out there regarding the vaccine and then people make their own accurate decisions versus not, not being confident in what they're doing because, you know, the psyche of the country is just as important as the, as the uh, physical health of the country the mental health of the country, I'll call it, as far as, you know, how 2021 will play out. So I, I hope we can have a great, uh, you know, psyche of the country as well as as, as getting over uh, the COVID uh, pandemic at the same time. Got you understood. Yeah, I share those hopes. But I, I'm, I have confidence. I think uh, I think it's going to um, going to uh, be a good year all the way around. We're going to take a real quick break right here. And, of course, we have some new leadership in Washington. Uh, Tim, when we come back, uh, maybe I'll uh, ask you uh, what you expect to see from the Biden administration when it comes to trucking and transportation. Uh, do you think some of the uh, notices of proposed rulemakings that uh, have been pushed to the back, you know, uh, back burners now, 
they've been advanced a little bit. Um, we'll see. And, and one of those things, we had a, 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 a blowout uh, discussion through the whole program yesterday about that prospect of the 18-year-old drivers again, uh, something we talked about 25, maybe even 30 years ago. Uh, that is still one of the uh, leading uh, pivot points, I guess, for uh, direction in the industry itself. So uh, a couple of other things to get into, maybe uh, the shortage of drivers. Uh, have we gone beyond the fact that there is one or there isn't one? You, you know, I mean, my goodness, sooner or later we have to. Uh, how's that? Are you going to fish or cut bait? So uh, do we have the shortage or not? Can we just agree on that much at this point? And um, given that, you guys are addressing something, uh, and uh, we'll find out what you are uh, doing there uh, about the shortage at uh, Crete, Schaefer, and Hunt. Ringing in the new year with Tim Ashoff on this edition of Trucking Trends. And, of course, uh, Tim is the uh, president COO of Creek Carrier Schaefer Trucking Hunt Transportation. And uh, once again, Happy New Year once again, Tim. Happy New Year to you and, and to all your listeners out there. Okay, so uh, we do have new leadership in Washington. Uh, what do you expect to see from the Biden administration when it comes to trucking and transportation overall? Well, I think we're going to see two things. One is we will see, likely see, increased regulatory activity. I think, as everybody knows, when the Trump administration came in, one of their things were to do was sort of stop regulations, or for every new regulation you wanted to put in place, you had to take another one away. Um, the Biden administration hasn't uh, proclaimed that, so uh, the expectation is uh, we'll, we'll see some more regulation, re regulatory activity and and typically, obviously, the, you know, we hope that governments are wanting to implement regula regulations for good purposes, uh, but often they, they have impacts. There's a cost to them, whether it's monetary or time-wise for a driver or time-wise for freight movement. Um, so we can, I think, see uh, expect some increased activity in the regulatory world. Uh, on a more positive note, I am hopeful that we ultimately do see um, uh, in that large encompassing uh, infrastructure bill get passed um, through the Congress and ultimately um, signed by the president. As, as you know and, and the listeners know, there, there's, a, I'll call it, pent-up demand for some real um, investment in, for, in infrastructure across the country on both some decaying roadways as well as some, I'll call it, as you know, the the uh, bottlenecks out there across the country and, and some of our larger metropolitan areas in particular. And we really do need to keep a strong, strong investment in our investment in our infrastructure to keep our our economy going here and, and have a good solid you know, foundation of, of infrastructure for our future. One of the things that um, came up on the program this morning, and, and, and it was a little, uh, I, was a, I had it for about a week, but um, they are um, going to build out some truck-only lanes on I-75 in Georgia, and um, mm -hmm. northwest part of the state now wants in on that, another 41 miles of that. Um, and recently, DOT just put out the uh, NFSP, the National Freight Strategic Plan. Uh, what I'm getting at is, do you see maybe that we might have turned and 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 this, the I-75 thing in Georgia is just an example of what we could expect and benefit from with some kind of freight strategic plan. They are doing it at least in that state. I, I remember when. Um, there was a plan for I-70 
running from the Ohio-West Virginia line all the way across to uh, Kansas City. And you'd have truck lanes, and you'd have car lanes, and you'd have uh, all of that. And I, I think it was 81 uh, in Virginia they wanted to do that many, many years ago. But I think uh, we are seeing at long last a real a real directed effort to get something really planned for freight. And I hope uh, we can we can execute on that. I, I think it's in, it's encouraging to see what's happening in Georgia there. And I think you know maybe as we get it started in one part of the country, that'll encourage you know other states to work with the the USDOT and and start moving some of these projects along. Um, you know, I, I've been up and down that 81 corridor, and, and um, you know, th there is uh, a big difference now, as you see, uh, particularly in any interstate where there are some um, some grade changes, uh, just the speed difference um, between cars and trucks and the, the safety element that has beyond the congestion. And so I think if we could get some of these, you know, truck-only lanes, it would not only improve efficiency for our drivers out there, uh, but also safety, and I think if we look at it that way as a country, and and Congress looks at it that way, I think you know we we've had a hard time getting anything through Congress here lately. Uh, that maybe we can come together and finally get something done. Uh, of course, whenever it comes to that, it comes down to funding. Um, and as you know, I think uh, many of us in the industry have said we're okay with the paying an, an additional uh, fuel tax as long as it goes and only goes um, to um, you know roadway construction and and hopefully. Um, you know, we can we can come to an agreement here in Congress and, and get the funding and then have it go towards that roadway construction and improve both efficiency and safety for all, all of our drivers out there. You know, uh, that's very interesting the way you lay that out, Tim, and uh, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, yesterday we had that discussion about the, um, the Drive Safe Act, I guess, in a sense, and um, the mantra of the program became that Albert Einstein quotation. I had heard it uh, last week, and, and I used it yesterday. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And I hope that uh, realization may be one of the things that we benefit from this year. kind of seems like we might be leaning that way now. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm hopeful. Uh, again, I, I think we'll see. I, I, I'm hopeful, but at the same time, uh, we've kind of been watching uh, the folks in Washington do the same thing for, uh, unfortunately, decades now. Um, and I, I'm not certain what will break the logjam, but for the benefit of, of the country, I'm hope there, hopefully there is a, a, a crack there in that logjam and we start to see things change and flow. Um, and again, we're talking about something that should be in the common good of the, of the country. I mean, building up our infrastructure uh, benefits everyone. So I would be hopeful that uh, no matter the party, um, that uh, we can come together and, and get something accomplished this year. Tim, I'm going to put you down as cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Tim, I am cautiously optimistic that you will be with us very soon. Again, thank you so much. Always great speaking with you. And again, Happy New Year to you, the family, and everybody at Crete Schaefer Hunt. We're going to make 2021 a good one.